0: Okay, if you are listening to this, then you probably know that my message Sunday night to the teens didn't record. It was the first message of a two-part series called Parenthood, uh, in which I'm going to talk about Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus, the earthly parents of Jesus. Uh, This is the first time ever I'm trying to re-record from my own home. In the past, when something has failed and I've had to re-record, then I've had to go into the church in order to, to... Use what was there for recording, for for editing, for all of that. But right now, I have it at home, so I'm going to see how this works. Uh, this is kind of a disclaimer, but now I'm going to attempt to start. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about Mary and and Joseph in this series. Because rightfully so, the Christmas story is about Jesus and about how he affected our world and about how he came as a baby, uh, how he's fully God, fully human, how he went through so many things in order to experience what we could experience, in order to set the example uh, that we could follow a- as a human, as-, as a baby, as he grew, as he faced temptations, as he faced pain, as he faced emotions, all of the things. And that is rightfully what Christmas, what Christmas should be about. But there's also a lot to be learned from looking at at the people that were chosen to be his earthly parents, from looking at Mary and her faith, from looking at Joseph and his courage, and just looking at why they were chosen, looking at how two normal young kids could be chosen for such an amazing miracle. And so I'm going to start with Mary, and I want to read from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 45. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. So it begins by mentioning Elizabeth, who is her cousin and, and is about to give birth or has been blessed with the pregnancy of John the Baptist, who you've probably heard of. Uh, he's kind of the harbinger of Jesus. He went, he baptized him. Uh, he did a lot. He ended up getting his head covered off but he was an amazing figure because a lot of people looked to him as the Messiah before Jesus they thought he was going to be uh, that that gift to to Jerusalem to Israel and yet he would always give glory to Jesus and so that relationship began even before uh, the, the births of each of them. And so Elizabeth has mentioned to show that there is more to God's plan than just what we know at the moment. And and so the, the kind of key to me, and one of the things that, that is important in this story, Mary was between 12 and 14 years old. We don't, we don't know the exact age, but she was a young girl. She was getting ready for marriage, which is a crazy thing. Now, now, nowadays, obviously it would be insane for a 12 to 14 year old girl to get married. We would never want that to happen. Uh, but but back then it was kind of what's expected because at age thirteen you'd have the the coming of age type of thing and so most women would be uh, sent off to be married by then and so Mary was getting ready and I would imagine that even with society the way it was, even with everything that was expected of her, even with her knowing the history and knowing what would happen and knowing what what she would have to do in life it was probably still pretty scary because again she's a kid, she's, she's young, she's a preteen, she's a teenager and so she's probably got all of these normal worries going on like what is it going to be like to be married, How, what's it gonna be like to leave my home uh what is it going to be like to to be an adult to be on my own to be with a, a man to to have a family and so she comes home and she walks into her room and there is an angel now angels don't look exactly how we picture them they're not uh how how we see them in popular television uh movies like like uh, Miracle on 34th Street, which actually I don't think has an angel, but I can't think of the other one, which is the one with James Stewart. Uh, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. That's it. Good. Those of you that are listening on recording, you heard my process, which is probably something you shouldn't have to do. But the the angels like that are are there for our, for us to, to be comfortable. And so it was a little different for her too. It wasn't like seeing what you see described in Revelation, but it was still somebody that was in her room, something glowing, something powerful, something amazing. Uh, she's probably thinking like, oh man, if I had any idea what aliens were, then maybe I'd be afraid of being abducted right now. But she sees this a- and walking in, if you can imagine even now in, in our society and technology and everything else, walking in and it's completely dark and you see this light, you see this person standing there, and maybe they have a trench coat, maybe they don't, but they're standing there in the dark and you can tell there's something different about them. You can tell that, that there's something amazing, something special, something weird about them. And so she, we would all be filled with, with fear, with worry, with with confusion, and she was too. And that's what's so cool about this. And that's often lost when we talk about this story because the Christmas story is... The Christmas story. And so every year, if you go to church, you hear people talk about it, and you hear people talk about uh, Away in a Manger, and you hear people talk about Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and you hear people talk about. Angels and shepherds and wise men and baby Jesus and, and animals and Mary and Joseph. You hear all of that. And so it's become just this story that we hear. And yet these are real people. So Mary is an actual girl, 12 to 14, an actual young girl who is facing this. And so everything that she's feeling probably is just boiling over at this point. And she's probably like, what is happening? And yet that the, reason, the way that she didn't run out of the room, as many of us would, That kind of shows the faith that she had and the, the idea, even before knowing anything that, well, I I believe in God and I believe that there is a purpose. And I believe that, that my life has a plan, even if she didn't know what it was. And so we go to the next verse, uh, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin, which is like the most valid question ever asked. And so I think most of us, if we heard all of this now, now probably not the pregnancy part, but again, if an angel appears to us and says, Hey, God has an amazing plan for you and it's going to tear your life apart. It's going to turn it upside down. People are going to say awful things about you, but you are chosen and you have an important purpose and you're going to do so much like would be freaked out. And so she was, it says she was confused and disturbed. And as he goes word by word, he starts with, don't be afraid, but you know, Fear is often misunderstood and I've talked about this before. To to be afraid, to have fear is not wrong. You see, a lot of people think, well, I'm not very brave. I don't have very much courage because I feel scared sometimes. Everybody feels scared sometimes. If you go through your life never feeling fear, then there's something wrong with you. But courage, bravery to, to stand up in the face of fear. That's what that is. That's, that's what happens. Uh, anybody who we think of as brave is courageous. Anyone who has done amazing things in the battlefield or amazing, amazing things in faith or amazing things in whatever avenue of life they've done. Uh, they've had to face their fears and stand up. And so Mary did feel fear and that's what made her human and it's okay. And he goes on to say, you found favor with God, which is good. That's wonderful to hear. And then you're going to, See, even give birth to a son. Now at that point, it's kind of crazy to have somebody tell you that's going to happen. But like I said, she's about to get married. So she kind of expects that it is very much expected of her to get married, to have kids and to be the mom, like the Donna Reed type of mom, uh, because women had way less rights than they do now. They were basically treated like property and it's not right, but it's what society was at the time. And so for her to be told, you're going to conceive and give birth to a son. Again, that's not crazy. You will name him Jesus. It's kind of odd, but, but still it's like, okay, God has a name for my kid. That's good. Uh, he'll be very great. That's wonderful. But then he gets to, he'll be the son of the most high, the son of God. Now she's got to be like, what, what are you talking about? You have to be mistaken. These are, this is going through her head, not what she says, but what's going through her head because she's a human. She's normal. She's a kid. And so it's like, you're going to be the mother of the son of God. And she was a believer. She was a Jewish faithful person. And so she knew what she knew of the scripture. They didn't have Bibles like we do, but, but she was aware of the traditions, the oral words. She was aware of what the Messiah was. She was aware of God, obviously. And so the son of God is like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is a prophecy thing. How can this possibly be me? And yet she continued to stand there. So many of us would turn and run away. And she continued to stand there as he went on to say, you know, he's going to be in the line of David and he's going to be amazing. And he's going to have a kingdom and he's going to be miraculous. And people are going to look at him and his, his reign is never going to end. And then she asked the question, I think most of us, I know that I'd be like, are you sure? Uh, we, we look at other places in the Bible, back in the Old Testament, and one of the greatest heroes of the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is Moses. And and uh, all of us know who he is. We, we know the Ten Commandments or or the, the parting of the Red Sea, the freeing of the slaves. Uh, just whatever it is you know of Moses, you know that he did amazing things with God. Well, when he was about to go free the slaves, uh, God says, I want you to go and do this. I want you to say this. I, I want you to be my mouthpiece. And Moses is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you sure? And this is a man, a person who, who was an adult man raised as a prince, raised to know that he was different, know that he was special. And and he's like, I don't know if I can do this. And, And so God ended up having his brother speak for him. But this young girl. When faced with the same thing, she doesn't say, "I think you're in the wrong house. You meant the Mary down the street," or "Or are you sure you don't mean my cousin? She's already pregnant." Or, or I, I, "I don't know if I can do this." She says, "But I'm a virgin," which is valid, and it's a very scientific and normal and rational question to ask because that's the craziest part of the story. You see, the fact that, that she was a virgin means that when she becomes pregnant. Everyone is going to make fun of her and say bad things about her. Everyone is going to tell stories about her. All of the other girls, the women at the time, are going to whisper behind her back and, and say, yeah, she says that it's the son of God. She says that an angel visitor, but we know what really happened. Uh, her, her soon-to-be husband, she has no idea what he's going to think. But but it's just like now if somebody comes to, to their soon-to-be spouse and says, hey, I'm pregnant, but I didn't do anything. It's really, really hard to believe. And, and so she knows knows all of that. Even as a young kid, she's thinking, I could be stoned to death for this for, for because people will think I had sex out of wedlock. People will think that I committed adultery. People will, will get mad at Joseph. They'll think he did something. People will think awful things. And, and so she asked that and all of that comes out in it. But that also shows how much faith she has because she asked the question. Uh, Sunday morning, I, I preached in the big church, the actual like. Sanctuary Church, and I talked about the time Jesus was twelve years old and was asking questions and answering the Pharisees, uh, the Jewish scholars, the the people that knew the Scriptures so well. And the very first recorded words of Jesus in the Bible are a question, a question asked in patience, a question asked in kindness, a a question asked, which means we're supposed to seek knowledge because Jesus showed us what to do. And Mary asks a question also. And she says, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. We go to the next verse. And then the angel left her. So the reason Elizabeth is mentioned again here is, is so that Mary knows, Hey, you are not alone. Now, now God is with her. This angel is talking to her. Uh, there's the hope still that Joseph will be with her, but, but she has a relative who is pregnant and, and going through a similarly, a somewhat similarly miraculous event. Now, now hers was more due to age and not due to, to uh, God's spirit, but it's still something that the people were talking about. And so he says that, As a way to say, Mary, you are not alone in this. And Mary understands that and she takes that. And he goes to all of this, the details of, hey... This is going to be something that's never happened before and will never happen again. This is going to be the son of God. This is going to be God. This is going to be a miracle. This is going to be holy. He's not going to be born in sin like the rest of us. He's not going to to be imperfect like the rest of us. He's going to be human. Yes, but he's going to be fully God. And all of these things are insane for a young girl to hear. And just again, I've got to emphasize the idea of being pregnant before marriage at this point in time is so much worse than anything we could imagine imagine it's so much worse there's still uh, things that are said about girls who who are teenage mothers about things girls who make a mistake about girls who make a bad choice about boys who, who do the same about all of these things where where it, it gets out of control and and maybe before 16 before seventeen definitely during high school where they get pregnant and people talk bad about them they they tell stories about how you don't want to be like that and they make them feel worthless. Well, again, this is a time where women did not even have the idea that there was ever going to be a time to have the right to vote or, or the right to be people, and it sucked. And so Mary is hearing all of this. And her response shows exactly why she was chosen. She says, I am the Lord's servant. So many people are faced with so many tough things. So many people uh, have so many gifts, so many blessings, so many miracles that happen in their life. And when the going gets tough, instead of saying, hey, I'm the Lord's servant, they say, I give up. It's too hard. I don't want people to make fun of me. I don't want people to think wrong of me. I don't want people to think I'm different, to think I'm, I'm a holy ruler. I don't want people to think less of me. So I give up. There are a lot of people who never face adversity in their life. And in a way, that's awesome. But in another way, when they do face adversity, it's like, well, what's happening? Like, I don't know how to deal with this. And so they go away. They quit. But Mary, this girl who was about to have one of the toughest times ever, says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And so she's left there to think, wow, did this happen? because again, she's a human. And that's what's so amazing about this story. She is a human. Uh, You can look at Jesus and you can say, well, yes, I understand that he's fully human and fully divine. I understand that he's the savior. I understand that he loves me, but, but he's still God. Like, how can I relate to that? Well, again, that's why he came as a human. That's what the incarnation means so that we could relate to, to the fact that he got tired, the fact that he needed sleep, the fact that he was around people, the fact that, that he faced temptations, the fact that he answered everything that came of him him, which comes of humans. And he answered it in the right way, the perfect way. But still there are people who look at that and be like, yeah, but Jesus. And so with Mary, there is no doubt that she is a human. There is nothing but the fact that she is a, a young girl, a regular human, a normal person, just like you and me. And so when she hears all of this and she responds, it shows exactly what God saw in her. It shows the faith that he marked. It shows who she is and who she was. It shows how amazing she is even then. And she grew to be even more amazing. Uh, later on in the scripture, and I'm going to read a little bit more, but later on she she has something called a Magnificat. I don't know if I said that right, but whatever. Uh, but it, it, it's basically her praising God. And, and she says things like, I, I don't know if I can do this or this is crazy, but also I love God and I'm so glad to be a part of his plan. I'm so glad I get to help other people. And it's so amazing, again, to see a young girl say that uh, as she goes through her life, as she watches everything that happens to Jesus she doesn't give up. She continues even after he dies on the cross, even after he comes back and then goes on to heaven. She continues to work with the disciples. She's one of the, the, the premier and first women pastors. And she wasn't referred to as that. She wasn't referred to as a disciple, but she was right there at the start of the new church. And all of that is shown right here when she says, in the face of tremendous adversity, in the face of tremendous craziness, I am the Lord's servant. Uh, the last part I want to read A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all. Women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what He said. You are blessed because you believed the Lord would do what He said. Elizabeth, her, her relative, could have been opened the door and been like, "Oh, it's you." I was the special one and I was about to give birth to a special kid, but here you go stealing my spotlight. And a lot of us would do that. And so Elizabeth is amazing in this story too, but she looks at Mary and she sees love. She sees faith and she shows that to her. And the best part about this exchange is Mary again shows us what we should do in the face of adversity, what we should do when we're called, what we should do when something is going on. She goes to her relative's house, she goes to her friend's house, she goes to know that she's not alone. So often in our lives, when we face uh, breakups, bad relationships, we face heartache, we face hurt, we face anxiety, we face depression, we face uh, being fired, we face failing, we face people making fun of us, people hurting us, we face cancellation of amazing TV shows that, that should be on forever. We face all kinds of things. And we say, I'm going to handle it alone. I don't want to ask for help. It's tremendously hard to ask for help. And I suck at it. I hate to ask people for help. I hate to admit that I need anyone else. But, but I've tried. And so Mary, this young girl, we again look at her and it's like, wow. Wow. So she was told your life's going to be turned upside down. She was told that you're going to, to basically give birth to God, to the son of God, to the Messiah. You're going to be known forever. She was told people are going to hate you. People are going to say bad things about you. People are going to talk trash about you. People may be after you to kill you. They're definitely going to be after you to kill your son. And she's told all of this. And instead of saying, I give up, instead of saying, I'm going to do this alone. She said, okay, first step. Thank you, God. Second step, I have someone that loves me, someone that trusts me, someone that I love, someone that I trust. I'm going to go to them and I'm going to tell them, hey, I need you right now. And that is such a wonderful example. It shows us how to live. And again, it shows us why Mary was chosen. It shows us that she is a huge part of this Christmas story. And, and I say again, do not get me wrong. Everything that we worship is Jesus. Uh, hit God's plan and the way that Jesus came, the way that he grew, the way that he set the example, the way that he died for our sins, the way that he came back again to, to defeat death. All of those things are what Christmas is about. And when, when you stop at, in Christmas, whether you're a family family, friends or on your own and you think about it, you should definitely think about that because that is vital to our faith. It's vital to our life. But also think, wow, so I love Jesus so much and I love this. And and I, I just I can't imagine what it was like for for the people that were there to raise him. And so that's why I want to look at them because Mary is a part of Christmas and not just in saying Merry Christmas, which is a dumb joke, but whatever, nobody can hear me right now yet. Uh, but it's, Mary is a part of Christmas because she took everything that came against her and she stood strong. She felt the fear. She felt the worry. She felt the the, the sadness. She felt the, the pain, the heartache. And she stood up and said, God, I am your servant, whatever you have for me, I will accept and I will do my best with. And that's all any of us can do. So definitely look to Jesus for Christmas because it's about him. It doesn't matter the the exact date of his birth. Christmas is to recognize that birth, but also think, okay, I want to be like Jesus. I do. I want to do my best, but I also want to, to see what Mary did in this. And I want to see how I can be more like her, how I can share her faith, how I can stand up in the face of adversity, how I can be different. That's what this series is about because as much as we talk about the Christmas story, as much as, as it's animated, as it's shown in movies, as it's talked about over and over and over again, it's not just a story. These are real, actual people. These are people who had real lives, people who faced real troubles, people who had real joys, people who had real successes, real failures. And next week I'll talk about Joseph and and a, a place where he had a huge decision to make and what he did with that and what he did with his life. But for Mary, look at this young girl. At a time when life is already crazy. At a time when so much was already expected of her. And yet at the same time, so little was expected of her. And look at how she faced everything. And looked everything in the eye that was against her. Everything in the eye that was for her. And said, I am not alone. God is with me. I am not alone. I am the Lord's servant. I am not alone. I will do everything I can to serve the Lord. And that is what we can do. That is how we can live Christmas every single day, not with the trees and the decorations and the presents, although please feel free to give me presents every day. I'm cool with that. But by looking at everything we face and saying, okay, this is hard and I admit it and I'm confused and disturbed, but I love God and I understand he has a plan for me and I'm going to do everything I can to follow that, to be like him, to serve him every single day in every way and everything that I can do because that's who I am. And that's all I got.